Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and mountain goats everywhere suffering from vertigo. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock, and you know what that means. It's Tea with BVP. Live from the Michigan State University campus in beautiful, but rainy and gloomy East Lansing, Michigan. It's me, your host, Bill Van Patten, a.k.a. BVP, international superstar and diva of SLA. And speaking of vertigo... Here are my beloved co-hosts with no inner ear problems whatsoever, standing up straight and tall, Angelica Kramer and Walter Hopkins. Say hi, Angelica. Say hi, Walter. Hello, everybody. Hello out there. Great to be here with you today. Oh, I thought you were going to do German like Angelica when she does all that oh, yeah. German greeting stuff. Well, I guess you I didn't. Can't. Hmm. Why not? Why not? Wow. Yeah. That's oh, intense. That's, that's, it started out really good. Yeah. And then it just went downhill. I don't know. Yeah. You need to watch <laughs> more Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or Cabaret, one of the two. I don't know. Which one has more German? I think Cabaret has actually more yeah. German in it. I, I would tend to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome and bienvenue. And then they go right away to French. Look at that. All <laughs> right. Well, guess what? It is May 4th. What's tomorrow, everybody? Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Okay. And what does Cinco de Mayo represent? Who has their cultural ears tuned to the Mexican and Latino world? Not me. What is Mexican? What is Mexico? Five. I mean, May fifth represent Walter. The Batalla de Puebla. La Batalla de Puebla. Yes, the battle for Puebla, which was against the whom? Franceses. The French. Yes. Mm. And so a lot of people think it's Mexican independence. No, it is. Um, it's not that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was the 1860. God, my years are off right now. Uh, 1862 battle. Is that right? 1862 battle against uh, the like French. That. The French invasion. Huh. The French invasion where the, the, the poblanos in Mexico stood tall and proud and defeated the French troops, and that was a big thing. So we celebrate that here in this country, more so than Mexico, actually. So but it's a good holiday. It's my people's holiday. We should see this. I used to dress up as a kid. Hmm. As like, a little mar, like a little mariachi. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I did. I wanted to be, a, mari- to I wanted a, to be a mariachi like my uncles. Huh. Mira como ando mujer por tu querer. But I didn't have the voice for it, so there you go. All right. All right, so guess what, you guys? Today our show is about teacher education, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but before, and this also is our last show of the season. Crazy. Last show of our season. So, um, and we'll have some things to say about that later on, too, because we have a little, some announcements to make. But I have an announcement first. This is hot off the wire. This comes from our friend Grant, who? Say his last name? Boulanger. Boulanger, the, the baker. So Grand Boulanger sent this to us, and here's, I'm going to just read the text verbatim. Attention, East Coast teachers. Express Fluency is offering a workshop in Vermont, August 7th through 10th, focusing on how to create engaging, effective, equitable, and joyful instruction with comprehensible input. The workshop features nationally recognized presenters, Grand Boulanger, Annabelle Allen, Justin Slocum-Bailey, Tina Hargaden, and Others with a capital O. Learn more at www.expressfluency.com. Again, www.expressfluency.com. Or just write to Grand Boulanger. He'll tell you. So good. Like to see these all these little workshops. Teachers need need lots of workshops, and this is kind of what we're talking about today: teacher education. What's mm-hmm. missing from teacher education? Anything missing? And and we're going to talk about that and get your thoughts on that. We got lots of tweets and twits and. 
toots and all that kind of stuff <laughs> on it. So, <laughs> we, yeah. Oh, we got what? some more. Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, remember, everybody, I like to remind people this in case they don't know. What do we always have on every show, Walter? We've got an SLA challenge question. Oh, there he goes. See, I should have never made that crack about <laughs> German. That comes with that phony Mary Poppins accent. Oh, yes. I love it, though. Oh, it's so gosh, jeez. Mary and Joseph. Okay, yes, we do have, Walter is correct, we have the SLA challenge question. I will give you the question in a few minutes. And the first person to get a call in uh, wins a prize, if you've got the correct answer. Guess who's on the phone today? Dustin. Jen's off today with her family because she's gradu- not graduating. It's the end of the... She, oh, gradu- she is graduating. She is graduating. Yeah. That's right. She's graduating. Our intern is graduating, so it's it's graduation week and finals week here in East Lansing. Anyway, so the first person to get a call in about the SLA challenge question and get the correct answer wins a prize. Dustin is on the phones waiting for you to call. Um, remember, keep that phone close by because we do not want you running to the phone and hurting yourself. Have it right there in your little hot little lap. And the same is true for the Diva Challenge question. I'll read that question after you successfully answer the SLA Challenge question. And you'll have time to pick up, punch in our number, and say to Dustin, Hey, I'm calling to answer the Diva Challenge question to Bill Van Patten. All right. And we have a really controversial teacher, edu- a really controversial SLA Challenge question today. Ooh, hmm. I'm going to get phone calls about it. So it's a good thing it's the last show this season. <laughs> Okay, and so our phone number, if you want to call us at, is 517-884-4321. Walter, take it away. What's the number? 517-884-4321. Yes, again, Dustin's on the phone lines waiting for your call. You can also tweet us. You can also mixlerize us. Angelic is monitoring that. Walter's got the emails open, and uh, so we are waiting to hear from you about stuff. We're waiting to hear you from you about stuff. So, Whatever it is you'd like to talk to us about, because today's your last chance mm-hmm. for quite some time. Right. You never know. You never know. I could get hit by a bus next week. It could be the last time forever. Walter could get wow. hit by a bus. It could be the last time forever, because I'll be in mourning for three well, years. I think, That's true. Yeah. That I think true. the show could very easily go on without Walter. Mm, no, no, no. I'd be in mourning for too long. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would just, <laughs> I would be wearing black for three years. Nope. I would nope. be. I'd have a veil on my face. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd stop eating and start drinking. <laughs> I'd waste away to nothing. Wow. See, Walter, the effect you have on me. All right. So. <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> you our demonstrate topic, your love in such a wonderful way. Our topic way. is teacher education. <laughs> should I give the SLA challenge question first or just yeah. go ahead? I never know Let's if I should it. do the question yeah, first. Yeah, give the question. Okay, let me get the question first because it's related to teacher education, kind of, sort of. Because teacher education, one of the major theories used in schools of education is Vygotskyan theory or sociocultural theory, correct? So here's my question. And this is a little bit subjective. I recognize this, but I think there is a true or false answer to this. So here we go. Sociocultural theory focuses on the development of implicit knowledge and communicative ability and second language acquisition. True or false? Say that again. Sociocultural theory focuses on the development of implicit knowledge and communicative ability in second language acquisition. True or false? Those of you who have taken courses can let me know. Um, okay, so that's related to teacher education because, again, a lot of schools of education are um, heavily involved with sociocultural theory, as they should be. So let's talk a little bit about teacher education since that's our topic. The question I posed, um, uh, actually that um, Luca posed because of the, the, the topic was, is anything missing from teacher education? If so, what? And... 
I'm actually interested in hearing people call in or write in about this topic today. I'm, I'm, I'm almost as interested. In fact, I am more interested in hearing from people than, than having me talk about it. But the reason for the show— That's a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. That is a big deal. <laughs> I take back. I'd be in mourning for one day. I'd be in mourning for one day, and then there'd be a wow. new Walter in that chair. Wow. Okay. Wow, based on one comment. Mm-hmm. There you go. See? It doesn't take much. All right. Now I lost you my know trailer. I love you more than my luggage. Uh-huh. Uh, well, well said. Do you have any luggage? <laughs> of course I have luggage. What kind of How much did you spend on it? I have no idea. See, there you go. See, I have Gucci luggage. Actually, it was given to me as a gift. No, I certainly don't have Gucci luggage. Well, there you go. Okay. I got it from JCPenney. There you go, Penny luggage. Nice. <laughs> okay, anyway. So the reason for the, the show today, the reason for this topic about teacher education um, is, is this. What do teachers in training and what do teachers, for example, in professional development workshops learn about. What is exactly the focus of teacher education when it comes to language teachers? Now, the reason I ask this question is in my travels, I have come to the conclusion where I've determined that something is missing in teacher education and something is missing in teacher preparation and development. And I look at, I look at workshops at almost every language conference, whether national or regional, uh, ones that I've attended, and so on. I look at the workshops people are doing, and so on. I look about, uh, I look at what's happening in professional development, and I think there are things that are missing. And guess what I'm going to say is missing. You got it. Angelica's looking. But she's ready to say the answer. Knowledge about communication, knowledge about the nature of language, and knowledge about acquisition. Again, knowledge about communication, knowledge about language, the nature of language, and also knowledge about acquisition. Now, for example, I do lots of talks. I'm going to get lots of invitations, and they're fun to do. I love it. I love working with teachers and talking to teachers and so on. Um, And whenever I talk about the nature of language at these conferences and about how abstract and complex language is, I always get from a number of people in the audience, a good number of them, uh, wow, this is great. I didn't know any of this. And I thought, really? Um, and it's, it's, it's almost as though teachers are educated to think that what's on page 32 is actually language, is actually real. And Walter's <laughs> smiling because I said page 32. And I did that on purpose, Walter, because I knew you were going to make fun of me saying page 32. I didn't make fun and of so, you. I just started smiling. And so I don't know if, I don't know if that's the case or not. So I want to hear from people if that's what's going on. And I get those same reactions of, wow, I didn't know that before. I didn't, I didn't know something when I talk about communication and also when I talk about acquisition. So my, the sense I'm getting as I travel and the sense I'm getting from talking to people, and even when people call in the show, uh, I get the sense that the very thing that teachers need to know about, what I consider to be the basics, language, communication, and acquisition, what those things are, um, the very basic things they need to know about uh, in order to be creative, in order to think about how to evaluate methods, how to evaluate materials, and and even how to evaluate assessments that are suggested. Those very things are absent from education professional development. So my question to you all out there, is my conclusion correct? Is this right? And this is not to say that teacher education is bad. I think I I wouldn't change anything right now about teacher education. What I'm saying is we need to add something. I'm thinking we need to add something. I think something has been lost along the way. We need to either put it back in or add it if it's never been there. So I'm not saying anything about teacher prep programs and, and what's going on right now. I just think we need to add some stuff. 
So I'd like to hear from both teacher education professionals out there, people who actually teach methods courses and teach certain uh, and teach teachers and do professional development works. I'd like to hear from you. Please call in if you're if you're available. Um, I'd like to hear from those of you who've undergone teacher education programs and what they were like, and, and if you agree or disagree, or what you would like to see in teacher education programs, because I think this is an important topic. Um, and again, this is—I don't think there's any right or wrong answers here. Um, so uh, I am—I'm um, not suggesting that that there was one way to do this. I'm just suggesting that my experience leads me to think that that some something is missing. And so let me know if I'm right on that, or if you think I'm off the wall. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I'm sure we'll get some comments on that. We have plenty of tweets. I'll read in a minute. We got emails, all kinds of stuff, and we already got a call. We have Bill. Is Bill on the line? I am. Hey, Bill. Bill, are you from Ohio? I sure am. That's what it says on the screen in front of me, that it says Bill from Ohio. I love the name Bill. <laughs> I wonder why. It's a good why. name. It's a great <laughs> name. I think, you know, back in the 60s, Bill, I'm guessing you're not my age, but back in the 60s, there were some great <laughs> songs with the name Bill in it. Did, you know, did your parents or your grandparents or anybody ever tell you those songs? Um, no, but I've had some... People come up and sing them to me. Really, like don't mess yeah, yeah. with Bill. Ah, na 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 na. Don't mess bill, with I love Bill. You so. Bill. Oh. Oh, okay, love. Bill. Do me a favor, Bill. Please don't sing. Um. <laughs> oh my. Ouch. Oh, Bill knows Bill's I love rude. him. Bill, yeah, you know I, I. love you more than I Walter's luggage. Genius. I love you more than Walter's luggage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bill. So what are you calling about? Okay, so I had a comment on um, about teacher education. Well, please and make your comment, Bill. I think that a lot of times, like I've, I've met some people um, who are language teachers, and the issue that I've come across with them is that they come from these education programs that are not specialized in language education at all, and rather just general education. Here's how to run a classroom here is like some general assessment things, but they don't cover any second language acquisition or anything specific to language teaching. And I think until we get dedicated programs, which I was lucky enough to go to a dedicated program, but then we're, we're always going to come up with these people who um, come to you after your talks and tell us that, say that they didn't know any of the things that you're talking about. Yeah, I, I hear you. And and just to be clear, we're not faulting them or blaming them because these are just the programs the way, the way they are. Right. And I, th and I think right. it's partly the profession. We need to, mm -hmm. people like me, people like you, people like Walt, we need to start making the case, like you say, for dedicated programs or something specialized or something different about teacher education programs for language. Because it comes back to what I've said before, that if we teach language like every other subject matter, right. then there's nothing special about language. But we do know there's something special about language mm -hmm. compared to other subject matter. And it's not that we can't, we can't say Spanish or French or German isn't subject matter. We're not saying that at all. We're saying it's a very special kind of subject matter it needs special kinds of pedagogy compared to other kinds of things. So right. that's I the think point. There's like a, there's a, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you, you go, Bill. I was going to say there was, there's a completely ex, um, an extra level of pedagogy or andragogy, whatever, um, that we have to think about as language teachers. There's an extra step. We can't just think about, um, we can't just think if something is formative assessment or 
um, summative assessment, for example, we have to think about how that particularly ties to what, um, like how a student is acquiring language. Right. So we can't just say, oh, I need to go back and reteach this. Uh, we have to think about um, how am I going to give them more input to better acquire this. So it's, I just think it's an extra step that regular content doesn't have, I guess. Right. Um, like, we can't just take classroom management courses. We have to take, we need to have a classroom management course, but we also have to have a second language acquisition course. We can't just have a methodology class. Right. We have to have. Well, here's, here's interesting. This is from um, the tweets that Luca got that um, came in when he put out. Uh, he, he posed the question, answer in one tweet, is anything missing in language education? If so, what? And Rose uh, responded the following. She, she said, and I think this is what you're trying to say, Bill, in a certain sense, methods, she put that in quotes, methods is not, capital N-O-T, methods is not a three-credit course. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the problem. You know, you've got, your, you've got your history of education, you've got your the adolescent psychology course, you got all these things that you need to have as part of your education. We don't take those away. But then you have this single methods course on language teaching. How do you cram into three credits the special nature of language, communication, right. acquisition, and so on, when you've also got to do things like standards and, and world readiness and things? You have a bunch of things you got to get in. And so often what mm-hmm. happens in that three credits is the latest thing in the pipe is what gets focus. And the very basic stuff kind of gets squeezed out. And so I think what we're talking about is, is expanding a little bit here and saying, okay, we don't like, I, th- I like what Rose said. She said methods is not a three credit course. What the answer right. to that is, I don't know. Um, but maybe somebody has a good solution. Maybe somebody will call in with that. But yeah, I think that's what you're saying, Bill, and I, I agree with that. All right. Anything else, Bill, on your mind before we let you go? Nope. All right. That's all. Well, thanks for calling in, sir. And I hope you're having a great day and have a great weekend. Thank you, you too. Okay. Bye, Bill. Bye, Bill. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye, Bill. And Walter, don't mess with Bill. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Don't mess with Bill. Leave my Billy alone. Wow. All right. I was going to mention something um, that Bill mentioned. Uh, I once said when I was teaching in the public schools, I had a student teacher one time, and and uh, at a very reputable university, and uh, so the student teacher came in, was working with me, and I was talking with with her, and and discovered that she had never had any, not even a methods class in language teaching, uh, and so I was tr- talking about terms and. Things having to do specific, specifically with language teaching, and she didn't have a clue about any of the things I was talking huh. about because had never even taken a single course specifically dedicated toward teaching language, which I was so well, surprised by because in my program, uh, going through teacher education, we certainly did have that, right? And uh, it was very, very surprising to me. Well, this is one of the reasons we hired Walter because he's so knowledgeable about these things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Plus, he has nice luggage. <laughs> All right, uh, let me let me wow. read a few things. I, let me read wow. a few things off the Twitter page about this topic. They've got some other things here that people wrote about. We're going to talk about a little bit later because we also asked people to tell us what they've learned from the show that they did not be, uh, know before, and also things that made them have made them rethink 
um, ideas. But getting back to is anything missing in teacher education, if so, what? Uh, Dory says consistency. Some programs rock CI, comprehensible input, meaning they talk a lot about it. Others master proficiency levels. Some are great with ICC. Some are horrible at all the aforementioned. Um, that's definitely an opinion from Dory there. Um, so she says there's not consistency in the programs, and we need consistency. I think probably we should have some sort of suggestion about, I mean, I know we have some teacher preparation standards, but again, even in those standards, I think there's, there's stuff in there missing that could be stronger about language communication and acquisition. Um, let's see. Uh, Natalia says, there's too much emphasis on lesson plan, paperwork, and methods courses instead of learning how with hands-on, for example. Um, this is cute. I like this guy, Chris. I think it's a guy, Chris. Chris says, I think that tea with BVP should be required listening. Love yeah, it. Nice. We yep. love you, Chris. We love you. Thank you for saying that. Um, Judith has a good point. She says, the long view. That's what's missing, the long view. Forget about details and step way back, she says. How do students acquire language and how can I help them do this? So getting the big picture of acquisition, kind of what we've been saying since the show started today. Yeah, so Judith, we like that. Um, Carrie thinks more about alignment between high school and college should be part hmm. of methods courses. Um, yeah, that would require some work on colleges' parts to get involved in that, unfortunately, because that requires a lot of apparatus to high school and college people talking to each other. Um, Kristen is dovetailing what we said, and Kristen says a basic understanding of SLA theory mm -hmm. uh, is missing. So that's good. Um, and then we've got some others in here. I'll come back to these later So, because um, I think we've got some calls coming in or something. Or is anything happening on Mixler yet before I take the next call, Angelica? Oh, people are discussing. Well, anything Avidly. exciting we want to hear from them while we... Oh, there's very long posts. Okay, well, <laughs> you see, I'll let, I'm going to take the next call. You can see if you can adjust, digest one because we like hearing from the Mixler people even though they should be calling in. Agreed. All right. Well, we have Sean on the line. Sean, are you there? I am, Bill. How are you? I'm good, Sean. Is this our, is this our regular Sean from North Carolina? It is. Hey, Sean, we love you. You know that, don't you? I love you guys, too. You're like, <laughs> you're like that, that, I was going to say, that toilet paper that sticks to your shoe and you can't get rid of it, oh, but that's a goodness, terrible, Bill. that's not the <laughs> metaphor. That's not the uh, metaphor I want. I want, wow. a, I want a good one, something that sticks to you that's good. What do you, oh, give me a metaphor, you guys. It's a good... I don't know oh. what it's like. That's the lucky, the lucky ladybug who lands on you oh, and you sticks go. with you. I like it. There you go. You're like our lucky ladybug, Sean. I, but I like All right. It. Wow. But, you know, better than totally. That's, yeah. that's gonna be my hashtag for uh, everything on Mixler and stuff like that. For now, I'm lucky ladybug. <laughs> hashtag lucky ladybug. There we go. Yes, exactly. All right. So, so Sean, what are you calling about? So I. I think it's great that you guys decided to have this be the last topic of the of the year. You know what's wrong with uh, teacher education? Well, we don't say what's wrong. We say what's missing, or what, what's or missing. what can yeah, what can or is or is anything about. missing? We don't want to say we're not putting yeah. a value on this. We're we're putting a value sure. on it by suggesting there might be something missing, but we're not putting value by saying what's there is wrong either. That's not that's not it at sure, all. Sure, fair enough. So. Fair enough. Well, I, I mean, I went ahead and did a project uh, for I just so I. I just uh, finished up my online master's at Michigan State in foreign language teaching. Yay! Oh, the, on the online program? Yes, I did. Mazel tov. Congratulations. Yes, we, won't ask you to, we won't ask you about your experience with it because we know people are listening that, that are your professors, and so we're not going <laughs> to... Oh, no. I, I mean, I, I will, I'm always going to say positive things about the program and the professors, and the, actually, they give us an exit essay to write, and I just... The title was "This Program's Been a Blessing to Me," and I went on to talk about how great Dustin and Amanda and Aaron and you guys have been. Um, 
So nothing but positives. Well, excellent. Aww. Well, okay. <laughs> so. Brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. He's, he's over here lactating. Okay. So, Sean, <laughs> what else is on your mind? So I, I just wanted to uh, give, give you guys a lot of credit and echo what people are saying about how um, they think that listening to your show should be required uh, listening and say that my goal is to eventually open my own language school and we will absolutely center our curriculum around the principles that you presented on the show and we'll use the project that I, uh, that I made, which is essentially quizzes and uh, audio files from the show mm-hmm. to uh, build our teacher training program around. Wow. So, so, that, so you, you used our show as uh, one of your projects for your, for your master's? I did. Wow. Did. Yeah. I did not know that. That's awesome. Good for you, Sean. Thank you for, tell, for sharing that with us. That's great. Yeah, and I mean, I'll go ahead and I'll send that stuff over to you guys. Uh, if you'd like to hear it and see it, I think Dustin told me that he showed Angelica, um, but I'd heard that the other two of you had not seen it. So, all right, an absolute it. And so, <laughs> I just wanted to to point out that uh, this is really. I mean, I, I also think we need to keep in mind those of us that that listen to the show and are have something to do with it that this really is kind of cutting edge new stuff for almost everyone that's listening to it. I mean, I I, I never would have thought this up. And I don't think that the people who are leading teacher training right now, unless they've heard you speak or heard someone say, you know, repeat what you've been saying, um, has these ideas in their head. And so you do, you see a lot of, here's how to, you know, here's how to teach in general. And you're also going to major in your language and then that's going to do it. But, you know, as people have been saying on the show so far, that doesn't, tell them about how language gets in people's heads or how to make things, you know, easier on students. And it really doesn't make things easier on teachers either. Right. Because until teachers have an idea of, okay, I have my language. I mean, most most people who want to be language teachers are pretty gifted at acquiring language and they could probably do it just about however. But as, as has been pointed out on the show, a lot of times, you know, 90% of people or whatever that are, that are students of languages, you know, they, they come in seeing it as, something to get credit for. And I think one of the things we need to do as teachers, even more so than, um, <clears throat> even more so than the theory is just to, to show the, the value to the students of what they could do with it in their lives and how it can be applied and how much people get out of it who really do sink their teeth in the language. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's one, it's one of the few classes in my opinion that can be um, positively applied to life, no matter what your major is. And, you know, if we were to, for example, have you know, robots teaching us every class, I think it would still be great to have people focus on language for the sake of languages because, you know, there's the cognitive benefits that come with it as well. And of course, right, right. As well. So th- those are things that I don't think are emphasized enough to students who are, you know, about to either become language teachers or just language students. Um, so that's, you know, getting your ideas out there, making them mainstream, and then explaining exactly maybe just why you're so passionate about language and why you guys at Michigan State are so passionate about language and what all it can do for people is the stuff that I think needs to most uh, get into everyone's head that might not be there yet. Well, Sean, Sean, let me just throw a caveat in something that you said, because you you, you mentioned or you referenced several times my ideas, i.e. Bill Van Pan's ideas. And I just want to say that that they sound like my ideas because this show is called Tea with BVP. But I distill a lot of research out there. So these are these are not my ideas. These are ideas 
out there that I am trying to help bring to teachers. Some are mine, but most of them are distillations, and so I want to make sure I'm not taking credit for other people's ideas. And the second thing is is that um, and there are people who disagree with some of the things we say in this show. Um, there are some different theories. That I, I'm a generativist when it comes to language and other kinds of things, um, and that's fine. What's interesting, though, is even some of those theories that would disagree with us we would converge on a lot of the same pedagogy. So I, want, I wanted to put those caveats in there so that people understood that, that, that I try to find to talk about the things that I think um, are going to be the most common ground out there. Um, so that we're not, I'm, I'm not talking fringe politics here. Th- that there's a lot of common ground in what we talk about in this show for lots of different theories. What's interesting about theoretical approaches is, 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 is the way they view language and acquisition. But in the end, a lot of those theories, most of them, not all of them, but most of them that deal with language acquisition, language teaching, converge on a lot of the same pedagogical ideas. So... Um, Anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there just to make sure that people in the audience listening know that I that I that I know that. So, but thank you, but thank you for 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 saying the things you said about our show. We really appreciate that, John. Of course. And congratulations yeah, to you again. I appreciate Yay, that. Congratulations, you guys have been Sean. Awesome. I oh, can't well. tell you how many times during uh, major projects for my MAFL courses I threw on to you with BVP to, nice. to get myself in. Uh, language teaching focus mode. So. Awesome. There you go. Great for you. Good for you. And just one question for you, Goshan. Is, so yeah. what's your next step? You're graduating. You've got your M- you'll have your MA in another month in the mail or whatever. And so yeah. uh, what are you going to do next? Are you staying in North well, Carolina? Are you moving? It would be excellent if I knew the answer to that question. Um, I've actually been trying to get a job down in Texas, um, and I just got off the phone slash email with a couple of people down there. And then there's also a school here in the area that I'm a, I have applied to that would be a great fit. So um, not quite sure where I'm headed to teach. And I've also decided that I also want to have interpreting as a side job eventually as well. So I started taking a certificate for them that I'll probably be finishing up over the summer while I wait to start teaching wherever I start teaching. Great. Well, good um, for you. Yeah, I, 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 I'm in the sense of that you've got options, even though you don't know exactly what you're going to do. You've got some options, and that's great. And, and I'm glad that you've appreciated your degree, and you, and you think you're getting something out of it because I'm hoping it's going to open some doors for you. So good, good for you. Yeah, it's been a great program. I mean, I've I've grown a bunch as a result of taking it, and I've told Dustin, you know, I'm not going anywhere just because I've finished the program doesn't mean that I'm going to stop listening to the show or stop contributing what I can to MSU because I really do appreciate. Uh, all the association and knowledge that I've gained from being a part of that program. So. Whereas we say, whereas we say, Sean, in Spanish, aquí tienes tu casa. So, <laughs> okay. Okay, we're going to let you go. Well, thanks for calling right. in. Again, congratulations. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, guys. Right, Thank Sean. Sean. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Be safe. Bye. Bye. That was nice. That was, I, that's, I love success stories. And yep. Good for him. Sounds like a really, really good guy. Um, as Susan Sarandon said, Imitating Betty Davis in Feud, the, my favorite series that just ended this last weekend. Well done. Excellent. That's what Betty Davis would have said, according to Susan Sarandon. Okay. Like um, I'm going to read a couple of these things from tweet while we're waiting for the next phone call to come through. Can I, can I just put something out there? There's someone on Twitter that's asking for the phone number. So let's put it out there again. It's 517-884-4321. There you have it. Five uh, five one seven eight eight four four three two one. 
All right. There you go. Um, so uh, when we announced that this was our season finale, we asked people, tell us something you've learned this year from our show that you did not know before. We also asked people, anything in the show this year that's caused you to rethink something? Um, Keith said that he learned about communicative tasks. I really want to implement, implement them in my CI and TPRS Latin classroom next year. Good for you, Keith. I'm glad that got you thinking. Let us know how that works. Well, we want you to call us next year and, t- and tell us your progress on that. Um, and another one along the same lines. Miriam says, your podcast inspired um, at Rachel Sinis and I to read about tasks and record our own book study to share. Well, hmm. that's great, Miriam. Good for you. Um, Kristen writes that, uh, that she learned that output is not necessary for acquisition, um, but it is beneficial. It can be considered beneficial. And that Rita Moreno is an EGOT. <laughs> Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony winner. In case no. Walter's looking at me funny. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and Melanie wrote that she learned the difference between intake and uptake. And she says intake makes sense as students are exposed to CI input. Not all input is taken in. And so we need to be considering the difference between what they hear or see and what actually winds up getting processed and somehow becomes useful for development. So it was good. Okay. Um, we got another call on the line. We have Heidi in the line. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Hi, Heidi. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Where are you calling? It's an honor for me. Oh, no. It's an honor honor for us. You're calling from where? Uh, From St. Louis, Missouri. From St. Louis, Missouri. Well, nice. Nice. So, show me something, as they say in in Missouri. That's a show me state, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so Heidi, what are you going to show me today? (laughs) Well, something very important, because I know you're talking about... um, methods classes in foreign languages and then I want to share something that I have found very very important because that's one of the focus of my research right now is how we can be able to focus in order to reach the students for different backgrounds mm-hmm. um, I have noticed in, 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 in my teaching um, time in the different years is that um, I'm working with students of color and sometimes uh, you, I lose them as soon as I go to the higher levels. So I believe that what we're working right now with comprehensible input, you know, from, from, from the lower levels up, that will be something that will really, really help our students. I believe that uh, we as teachers, we need to know more information about equity and inclusion, um, how we uh, can respect our students in the classroom, how they're going to be reflected uh, within our curriculum. So I believe that uh, those are the things um, that we can mention are missing in, in some areas. And I know uh, that, for example, Teachers of the Year, Grand Volunteer, and Bob Patrick have been talking about this, have been doing research. And there are several uh, going to be in the summer, several conferences, they're going to be talking about equity. Um, so I believe that uh, it is just a great opportunity for us as teachers to know about this topic and how we can help our students because we really want to see the diversity, you know, going up and in our programs growing. And um, that's one of the things I wanted to share. I'm very passionate about it. I I still have uh, more research to do, uh, but I believe that what uh, CI teachers are doing, you know, bringing the language to life and, and presenting it in the classroom uh, will help our students just to love um learning a language, learning more, more about the culture. And also, um, I know that uh, uh, Anna Gilcher and Rachel Adams 
are going to be working in, in the summer with Cascadia uh, Conference. And I know that probably other conferences are, are using that. But I really wanted to share this. I'm, yeah, as I yeah. said, I'm, I am very passionate about it and um, wanted to just share that. No, I, I, think, I think you raise a really, really good point. As we said in the show a number of times, um, unlike learning about language, acquiring language is for everybody and everybody can do it. And so, mm-hmm. um, and we need to make that part of the message. Um, so regardless Absolutely. of your background, regardless of your educational level, regardless of anything about you, as long as you're not impaired in any way, um, then you should be able to acquire language. Um, and we know how that happens and, and how yeah. it doesn't happen. So I, li- I like the point you're making. And I actually, I had a friend who did this one time. She uh, took a new job in a middle school secondary situation. And there were a group of students, largely, and they were pegged, unfortunately, by this school as being students who could not learn language. And they were stuck in their own class. And they were, guess what, Heidi, largely of color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as someone who's half Latino and raised around different kinds of people, I understand how denigrating and problematic that becomes when you become isolated. Um, and so um, she went in, and she was a natural approach teacher, one of the f- first ones ever in the 80s. And when she took this job and the principal said, I don't want to do with these kids, she goes, I'll take them. And she did. And guess what? Within a year, she had them beyond level of the other students in other classes through the natural okay. approach. So, you know, so I think we need to get that message out there. I think, I think your point is well taken, Heidi, and I appreciate your calling and being here. Yeah, I think, I think uh, we love what we do as, as teachers, you know, teaching a language and culture, but also we need to be, you know, aware of our, the diversity of backgrounds of our students and, and how we can reach all of them. And now sometimes it's hard, right, when you have big numbers, uh, but it's just very important to be aware of that need and, and how we uh, they, they can feel valuable. And uh, every time they come to our classroom, they see, you know, wow, I feel so important here. I, I feel that I matter, so I can continue with, uh, you know, learning the language. So right. it's, that's what I wanted to share. But thank you very much for this opportunity. Well, thank you, Heidi. Thank you for calling in. And, and uh, since we're going to be off air for the summer, I want to wish you a great summer uh, whenever it starts for you. And I hope you have some nice, restful time this summer. Okay? Thank you very much. Thank you, Heidi. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Heidi. Bye-bye, Heidi. That was a very good point well taken. Um, We want to thank Heidi for calling and reminding us that needs to be part of what we talk about in teacher education, too, how how some traditional methods leave some students out of Mm -hmm. the picture and and that there are more inclusive ways, um, particularly when we do um, language acquisition as opposed to language learning. Um, I'm, we're going to go to the uh, mixed learning email questions, but I'm going to reread the SLA challenge question. Luca, I think I'm going to go ahead and read the DIBA challenge question right after that so that people have either either question that they can answer. So let me do that before we go to the Mixler and email questions. Okay, so the SLA challenge question, again, was about Vygotsky and sociocultural theory. It says, uh, sociocultural theory focuses on the development of implicit knowledge and communicative ability in second language acquisition. True or false? All right. Ready for the Diva Challenge question, Walter? I almost just answered it out loud, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a good thing I didn't say it. <laughs> what, the Diva Challenge question I was saying? No, no, oh, the, okay. the, the, the SLA. SLA Challenge. Okay, so here's the Diva Challenge question. Angelica, tell me if you think Walter's going to get this. Ready? Which of the following Divas has an Oscar in a non-acting category? 
Cher, Barbara Streisand, or Bette Midler? Okay, again, which of the following divas has an Oscar in a non-acting category? Cher, Barbara Streisand, Bette Midler. Call in if you know the answer to that. Call in if you know the answer to the SLA challenge question. I don't think Walter knows the answer. I, I can I can see the wheels are not spinning in this head right now. <laughs> I can make He's an educated guess, but okay. <laughs> have you distilled anything from Mixler, Angelica? Well, I mean, a lot of people are talking about their experiences, you know, mm-hmm. with with their own teacher education and the the people or the types of workshops that um, have had a positive impact on them. Um, and we did get a couple of shout outs oh. about the show. Well, nice. Well, that well, thank you, Mixlerizers. For uh, for giving those shout outs, but if you if you want to call in, we've got some time. We've got another fifteen minutes. We can take phone calls in still too. So, um, all right, Walter, do we have any email questions we want to take before I go back to the tweets and stuff? Oh, like there's so many email questions. Ask me an easy one. Ask me a short one. Don't ask me a really long one. Ask me two fast ones. Oh man, I feel sorry for the people who write long questions in because. Because it's not the kind of show we can engage in a really long question mm. like that. Well, can but, I? I'll put a shout out out there because this is what what someone has learned from Tea with BVP. Okay, sounds I'll start good. with that because that's okay. not even a question. Okay. Uh, this is from Carol. She says, I learned that many of the SLA questions that I've had for the last 26 years really don't have any definitive answers. All these years, I thought I just didn't have a solid grasp on SLA or SLA process. But I've since come to the conclusion that maybe there is no clear picture. It seems that we know more about what SLA is not versus what it is. So that I think I, I think that's from Carol. I would, I would agree to a certain extent. There's a lot of things we don't know about SLA, but there's a lot of things we do. I mean, we have the nuts and bolts down to fashion pedagogies, right? Um, it, the details are for theorists to work out things that may or may not inform language teaching. Um, but um, yeah, so I would agree with Carol to a certain extent. So I like that observation. What else, Walter? All right. We have a, a question from Mark. In Tokyo. Hey, Mark in Tokyo. And he says that you've mentioned several times that you think teachers should have an understanding of the nature of language, but that you haven't specified what degree of knowledge you think teachers should have. And so he wonders what degree of knowledge about particularly linguistics should people should a teacher have beyond just understanding the nature of language? Um, I, I always say the following when I when I do workshops and and in, in my class I teach in the fall, for example. One of the outcomes is this. I can, it's a can-do statement, of course, I can explain what it means for language to be abstract, complex, and interactive and provide at least two concrete examples. That's my can-do statement. Um, It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. So if you're able to define abstract, concrete, and interactive and then provide two examples of how that works... That doesn't mean you have to have a huge background in linguistics, but you have to be able to define those constructs and, and have a couple of examples ready so you can convince other people. Um, and um, so that's how I define it. And that's, that's how I would tell Mark that I would say needs to be somewhere in teacher education, for example. Um, I think that's concrete enough. That's doable. And we do that across uh, two units and then we come back to it again when we get to acquisition. So it kind of recycles, because we do language up front of my course, and it recycles in at different points in the curriculum throughout the semester. Um, but yeah, so you could, you, could get, you, could, you could get people to a point where they can do that after two or three, um, well, weeks, yeah. So. Well, he has a follow-up question here, too. He says he thinks that 
the equivalent of a first-year survey course in linguistics is probably an appropriate level for most language teachers, and he's curious what you think about that. Do you think that should be uh, a requirement or would be something important for them to have? I'm a linguist in training. My PhD is in linguistics. I would love to have people know more linguistics, so I'm not going to disagree with Mark on that. Um, if I don't know if it's, a rea- if it's realistic or not, but I think any introduction to language course, one semester course on introduction to language, which almost every university of any size offers now, would not be a bad thing for teachers as a required hmm. course. It does cover everything. Yeah. I mean, because it covers everything. So not just what we talk about the show. It covers everything from phonetics and phonology, sound system, to communication, to uh, the nature of humans versus animals, to a little bit of unlike child language acquisition, to hmm. social sociocultural, sociolinguistic differences, and so on and so on. So they are very broad overviews. Um, but they give you a good taste of what we're talking about. So, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that. And I still think, though, that so, so methods courses should still make sure that there's at least a component of that in their course as well, mm-hmm. to sort of like maybe a capstone part of that if you did a, a course. So the, that's actually a good suggestion, Mark. I like that. Thank you, Mark from Tokyo. Writing that in. Good guy. <laughs> well, there you have it, Mark. Oh, that reminds like me. I have a yen for sushi. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Isn't that funny? Walter's just ignoring me. Okay. All right. <laughs> you didn't even hear me, Walter. You were paying attention to me, were you? That's all right. I, he- I heard what you were saying, but all anyway, right. let's move on. Uh, okay. Let me um, – and speaking of things that what Carol was talking about, um, what she learned on the show that was caused her to rethink some things, um, my guest out here says interaction is beneficial but not necessary. He learned that on the 10-2016 show. Uh, and also, he says, and everything else on episode 43. So I haven't, I haven't looked at Daniel. What's episode 43? Um, so he said everything of episode 43 was good. That's he learned new um, that made him rethink some things. And Chris, in his inimitable style, says, yes, that linguists are also matchmakers. I guess it's because I'm always fixing Walter up on dates with people to, <laughs> to, win a, to get prizes. So, But that's, Chris, That's I'm not a matchmaker. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I was telling people before the show started because I'd get fired. But anyway, so. 43 was about the top myths about language acquisition and language teaching. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We might, re- we might redo that one next year, that topic. Bring some more things in. Okay. Uh, we have uh, a call on the line. Is there Russ on the phone? Uh, yes, I'm here. Hey, Russ. Russ, where are you calling from? From Minnesota. Hey, Russ from Minnesota. I think I know you, Russ from Minnesota. Uh, yes, I, I know you as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling in again. Thanks for, because I, I think I, I met, and I think, I know I met him at the conference when I was there this last, uh, that was October, right, Russ? Yeah, MCTLT. Yes, 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 yes. So, all right, Russ, it looks to me from what it says on the screen that you're calling about the SLA challenge question. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I am. Um, I'm not sure I heard it, and <clears throat> I think I understand the, the concept of social cultural theory, but I'm not sure um, if I completely heard the question, so well, I thought I'd give a stab at it anyway. Let, let, uh, let me read the question again, and I will, I will be like Bruno Mars and break it down for you. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> all right. So sociocultural theory, or Vygotskyan theory, but sociocultural theory is currently framed in education. Sociocultural theory focuses on the development of implicit knowledge. What we talk about is mental representation, right? So sociocultural theory focuses on the development of implicit knowledge and communicative ability in second language acquisition. True or false, Russ? What say ye? Implicit knowledge and communicative ability? Mm Mm-hmm. In second language acquisition. 
Okay. Well, I mean, social cultural theory. Um, I mean, are we talking about like zone proximal development? Or are we talking about actual learning of culture and how culture is um, incorporated into communication as well? Well, see, that's just it. Sociocultural theory. <laughs> you, if you, you sound like you know something about sociocultural theory, and so um, it's all of those things. And what does it have to say about the development of implicit knowledge and communicative ability? Uh, I would say that it would be more implicit than than explicit. Uh, that would be my best guess, uh, just because I don't think that someone can explicitly tell you that okay, that this culture is like this, and now you need to communicate in this way. I think it's more about seeing how other people um, act, and then that's like the interpsychological realm, and then that has to get into your intra-psychological realm. So I don't think that Vygotsky would say that that has to be done explicitly. So um, I would say that it's, <laughs> would that make it true then? <laughs> okay, well, I said there was no right or wrong answer to this um, because it's, it's, it actually this is almost like my opinion. Even though my opinion is well informed by all the reading I've done on socioculture theory, how it's applied to language acquisition. So I, I, I'm going to give you. I'm, we're going to go ahead and send you a, 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 a prize, Russ. But but let me tell you what my answer is on this because this, I wanted this to be more of a dialogue. Um, and I actually got this out of some sociocultural theorists this last year because I put this question to them. It's actually not about the development of implicit knowledge or communicability. Sociocultural theory, as it's currently applied, is about the development of explicit knowledge and the dialogic patterns and interactions that lead people to come to know something. And that doesn't mean it can't be about implicit knowledge, but that's not been the focus of any of the research to date. Okay, and in fact, some of the um, pedagogical suggestions made by um, sociocultural theorists actually involve teachers engaging students in explicit knowledge development. Um, and so by that reading, the answer would be false, that that's not what it's about. Again, that doesn't mean it can't be, and that's why I think your interpretation is valid. It could be about that, but to date, as it's been applied to um, language acquisition and language teaching, in my reading and my discussions with socioculturalists, is that's not been the focus. What's been missing from sociocultural theory is guess what, Russ? A theory of, a theory of language. <laughs> no, that's true, I would say. And a theory of acquisition. So socioculturalists don't buy into any models of acquisition that we currently have, and they also don't buy into any theory of language currently. Now, one of them might call and say, that's not true, Bill. We're just, But up until recently, that's been the case. So they may now say they work with the theory of language, but it's certainly not a generative theory like the one I work with. But anyway, so yeah, and so it's hard to have a theory about the development of implicit knowledge if you don't have a model of implicit knowledge you're working with, right? So, and... No, I, I completely agree. And uh, some of the research that I've read recently, you know, especially in pragmatics, so how do you order something in Spain? So, you know, people from the United States, they often go there and they say, ¿Puedo tener un café? Yep, and then, exactly. you know, and then actually it's more common just to say, ponme un café or me das un café. Um, and a lot of those studies are actually saying that explicit knowledge does help. Um, so I, I would say that people who are taking up modern sociocultural theory, um, I guess I have some heard some of that uh, research that goes against what I was uh, originally saying. So I, I would say it's kind of both. I'd say some stuff you might learn implicitly, but... Um, there's been research that shows that if you tell people, you know, in Spain this is the correct way, to, or it's the more common way to say it, then people do learn. They do um, eventually use that pattern. Right. And that's true. That's absolutely true because that's actually what's learned in your first language as well, by the way. 
um, a lot of pragmatic, not a lot, but a good deal of pragmatics and sociolinguistic competence, you are actually taught, you're corrected, unlike, unlike the formal components. But, but here's the difference. In sociocultural theory, they believe, a lot of socioculturalists believe that you learn the formal components explicitly as well. Um, and that's through dialogic interaction um, that you get that. So anyway, so it's an interesting question, I think, because it's an interesting theory. And the whole application of Vygotskyan theory to language acquisition, I, I personally think has been fraught with problems over the years. Not because it's a bad theory. I think it's a great theory for education more generally. I really do. Um, when it comes to how we look at patterns interaction in classrooms more generally. But when it comes to language acquisition, it, I, you know, and I know I'm going to get a phone call and emails about this, and that's fine. Won't be the first time. But, um, but, uh, but we have to always, you know, we always have to look at language, I think, as something special. Because um, otherwise, I think we're going to get into trouble if we don't think of language as something special. Uh, anyway, Russ, so that's, that's, that's my response to your response. How's that? Uh, I like it. Well, great. Okay. Well, your, pri your prize will be winging its way to you in the mail. And uh, so thanks for calling in and have fun there in Minnesota. All right. Thanks a lot. And remember, I'll see you in July at AATSP at the conference. Mm -hmm. That's right. I will see you there. I'll be there for a week because all my duties now as president-elect, I'm there for seven days. So. Uh, well, I'll be there for four. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll see you there. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. Okay. Take care. Bye, Russ. Thanks okay. for calling, Russ. Bye, Bye Russ. I knew, that was, I knew that was going to be a, a tricky question, mm. because that's why I posed it that way, because I wanted that dialogic interaction. Isn't the irony of that? Mm -hmm. I was doing sociocultural kind of stuff yep. with him um, through the, the question posing, so that was good. Well, thanks, Russ, for doing that. Okay, we have our Diva Challenge question. I'm going to repeat it. We've got, uh, what, four minutes for someone to call in with the answer. Which of the following Divas has an Oscar in a non-acting category? Cher, Barbara Streisand. Bette Midler, this is so easy, I can't stand it. <laughs> All right. Okay, so anything else on email, Walter, or um, Angelic on Mixler? Because I got some more tweets here, too. I, I mean, I have a number of emails here, but I'm not sure that any of them can be answered in the time that we have left, unfortunately. So. Okay, well, maybe you can look, look see if you can distill one. Well, I'm going to read a, a little tweet here. This was from Andrew, which this is kind of nice. And I, I hate to read these out because it sounds like I'm just plugging the show when I read these, right? But actually, this is he's, Andrew says, in my MA in Applied Linguistics and TESOL, there is a lot of focus on teaching and learning L2, but little on acquisition. Isn't that interesting? Um, that's an MA program, too. Uh, so he says, a lot of focus on teaching and learning, little on acquisition. T with BVP ought to be mandatory. <laughs> so thank you, Andrew. Thank you for that plug. Um, and what else? Um, some other repeated things. Darren also talks about the absence of SLA, task-based instruction, the role of input, and so on. Um, so we're getting some repeats on that. So that's nice of people to be writing in. They were very active uh, in answering um, Lucas' post on Twitter. All right. No more. I'm done reading those things. Somebody, done. talk to me. Well done. Fini. Well, oh my God, I'm so I'm so fatuts that feud is over. Oh my God. What are you gonna do? My, it's it's. Gotta find another show. God, Susan Sarandon and Jessica Lange were so good. Oh my God, that season that that the finale, the series finale, just left me devastated. I was just flamin. Huh. I was just I don't know what the word is. Ah. Oh. No one's oh. gonna win the diva challenge question. Oh, well. 
We'll see in a minute. Slackers. May, may, don't call them slackers. <laughs> <laughs> they can't even look on Google and call in. Non-callers. They're well, too I mean, busy with their hands know. in the Pringle can. That's the problem. Their hands are in the Pringle can, <laughs> not on the phone. All right. So, Walter, what have you learned from this oh, show? Oh, what have I learned? We're wrapping up here. This is our season wrap-up. So. I have learned that Dustin's showing me a sign that says, Bill rocks. That's oh. what I've learned. Well, of course, we know that, but... <laughs> No, because you had a strong back. Have you learned anything over the course of the Of course. I've learned lots of things. I've learned just how crazy you are. Um, I, and and that, keep, that that knowledge keeps growing on a weekly basis. Um, I've, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. But, yeah, I, I think know. I've learned tons in the last couple of years for sure. Yeah, well. I would second that. Yeah. Lots about role of input, output. I've yeah. learned a lot from people calling in too because, you know, they really make me think. You know, like Russ, the way Russ was answering that question and dialoguing with me on the socioculture thing was good. Um, and uh, then people call and ask their questions. I have to really think hard sometimes as I'm answering because I want to make sure I, I try to get something right. So um, anyway, so, oh, we got a call coming in, a last-minute call. Are we ready for the call? Oh, we've got a diva challenge question. Yes, we got Tasha on the line. Tasha, are you there? I am here. Hey, Tasha, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Southern California. Well, my home state, what part of California? Um, Santa Monica. Oh, to Santa Monica. Yeah, well, that's Southern California, but that's okay. I still love you. <laughs> I'm, I'm from Northern California. You know the whole Northern California, Southern California split thing. Actually, oh, yeah. actually, it's mostly, it's mostly San Francisco versus L.A. That's really the split, but that's okay. Um, and before I forget, you got to email your address to us because I don't think Dustin quite got it from the, from the phone call. So um, okay. send us to twithbvp at gmail.com. Send us your email address after um, you talk to us. Okay. So I understand okay. you're going to answer the Diva Challenge question. Is that correct? I am. Go, Tasha. Go, Tasha. Okay, let me read it again because Walter doesn't get it. <laughs> Which of the following divas has an Oscar in a non-acting category? Cher, Barbara Streisand, or Bette Midler? Take it away, Tasha. What's the answer? Okay. Full disclosure, I got the answer off Mixler. Um, but I felt so bad that no one was calling in. Well, thank you. So, <laughs> it's Barbara Streisand. Ding, 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 Yay! ding, ding. Yay! Excellent. And what was the uh, Oscar in a non-acting category for? Do you know? They didn't tell me that on Mixler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I shall tell you now. That was not part of the question, but there's always a follow-up. Okay. Um, yeah, Cher, uh, Cher has an Oscar for acting. Barbara Streisand has an Oscar for acting. Beth Midler's been nominated but never won. Barbara Streisand has a second Oscar for best song. She co-wrote the theme song to nice. A Star is Born. All right, Tasha, uh, i got to wrap yeah. up, so i got to let you go. Thanks for Thank calling you. in. Congratulations on winning, and we'll be sending you something. Don't forget to send us your email, okay? Fantastic. I mean, so your, your address, I mean. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye, Tasha. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. well, here we go. Signing off. Signing off. Well, we're going to do, do our thank yous for the, not just today, but for the wonderful season. We want to thank our technical producer, Daniel Trego. Yay, yeah. snaps up. Our media producer, Luca Giappone. Yay, Yay, snaps up. Our talented and trusted call handler and muscle man, Dustin Felice. Yay. Yeah. Okay, even though he's uh, he was partly gone this year because of his his uh, school duties, Jeff Maloney, our assistant production manager. Yay, Woo. Jeff. And Jennifer Lee, who's away today, our intern, um, because it's the end of the semester. Yay, Yay. Jennifer. Yay. Congratulations. We want to thank the College of Arts and Letters, especially our dean, Chris Long. 
As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any other official entity of Michigan State University. And of course, thanks to everyone out there, you listeners and people who write in. We'll be back this fall with some surprising new things. Stay tuned for that. Have a great summer, everybody. My God, I can't believe it's already May. Wild, right? Oh, my God. And what am I also? I'm Latino, so happy what? Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Yay. Don't forget. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.